Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. I hope that you are having a good weekend so far, and that you're also having a good February as well. I was looking at the calendar the other day, and I realized that we are already at the halfway point, halfway mark of the month of February. And I'm also aware that next week is Valentine's Day, and many of you are getting ready for that. If you happen to be single, I wish you a blessed and joyful day as well. I remember that as a single person, Valentine's Day tend to get a little bit lonely for some, not for all. And so that I hope that you have an equally blessed and joyful day as well. If you are a new listener, thank you for joining me on this podcast. I have been a Navy chaplain for the last five years, and I'm a follower of Jesus. And my aim is to encourage you to keep walking in your faith or, if you're not a Christian, convince you that Jesus is the best answer that you can have for all of life and what you've been searching for. Before we begin, if you like what you hear, please share this podcast with someone you know. And guess what? I am on Instagram. You can follow me at eveningthoughts2021. I would love to connect with you that way as well. On this show, I try my best to pray for a person or a family every episode. And tonight, I want to pray for a dear friend of mine. He is a brother in faith. And without disclosing his name, I wanted to pray for him and his wife and what they've been navigating for the last couple months. Wherever you are, would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, tonight I pray for my dear friend and his wife. You know that they've been trying to have a baby, and the last several months have not been easy on their hearts. God, would you comfort them and give them strength as they wait? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would allow them to feel your presence. And God, would you wrap your loving arms around them this evening? In their time of waiting, God, I pray for joy. In their tears, give them the peace that only comes from you. Help them to get closer with one another and with you as well. I do pray, Lord, that you would bless them with a baby in your time and on your schedule. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the best things about this podcast is that we get to pray together. And I have about 30-some followers. And if you have not clicked on that follow button, would you? Mainly because... You can get a notification that uh, I have a new episode out. But one of the things that I love about this podcast is that you send me your prayer request and I get to pray for you. Uh, and there's like 30 plus people praying with you as well. It, it, that's, that's one of the most favorite part of the things that I like about this podcast. So if you have a prayer request, would you send them to eveningthoughts at hotmail.com? And I would love to pray with you and have others pray with you as well. Some of you may know what it's like for a young couple to try for a baby and become discouraged, and that is what the prayer request was about. Would you keep this lovely young couple in your prayers as you remember them? I would appreciate that. Tonight's episode is a long time in coming. In fact, I've tried starting this episode a while ago, but I wanted some time to sit with my thoughts and let it simmer a bit. And I think I'm finally ready to talk about it. Tonight's episode is entitled, Is Empathy a Sin? 
Now, I, I would imagine that some of you may be caught off guard because this may be the first time you've ever heard that some people think that empathy is a sin. At least I was not aware that some Christians believe that empathy is a sin until recently. And then there are Christians who say that there is a place for empathy and employing it with caution is wise. So in this episode, I want to define what empathy is, talk about some of the good things I see in it, address some of the potential dangers that I see in it, and help you to decide whether empathy is sinful or not. So right off the bat, we have to define empathy. What is empathy? Well, I think that's part of where the tension lies. I think there's different definitions of empathy that people are using. So from what I understand, empathy is choosing to put yourself into someone's shoes or choosing to look from their lens, from their perspective, mainly to understand where they're coming from in order to help them in some fashion. When someone is empathic, they may even feel the pain of the sufferer. That is how I would describe empathy. How would you describe empathy? Am I off or am I close to what you would use as a definition? Now, I think when we talk about empathy, I have to also talk about sympathy because they're very close, but not the same. Sympathy is when you see someone in a bad situation and you feel sorry for them. Perhaps you may even feel discomfort or grief for that person. And so at first glance, on the surface level, I think it's easy to clump these two together, but empathy has the distinct characteristic of looking at something from the vantage point of the person that is suffering. Empathy also involves stepping into how they feel. So you can think of it like this. Sympathy is feeling with, whereas empathy is feeling into. Critics of empathy say that it is a sin and that it is most definitely bad. According to Doug Wilson in his show Man Rampant, episode entitled The Sin of Empathy, he says that empathy is like jumping into quicksand to save a person who is drowning. The problem being that now you're both drowning. Whereas sympathy is having one foot on shore, one hand grabbing a branch and reaching with your other hand to the person drowning to save them. So in essence, Doug Wilson and his guest, Joe Rigney, I hope I'm saying that right. They're saying that empathy is jumping into headlong into the person's experience without any boundaries. And sympathy is better because it differentiates the helper versus the person needing the help. They further surmise that empathy demands that the helper is all in and identifies with a person completely and loses contact with truth. And the meat of what they're presenting is that relativism is the means in which the helper is pouring themselves into counseling. Relativism being that there is no absolute right or wrong. Relativism being that there is no black or white. Empathy to them cannot be torn apart from relativism because the person in need of help has a narrative, has a perspective, has their own story, and it really doesn't matter if it's true or not. All that matters is that the empathic person 
understand and steps into that narrative to help this person that is suffering. So does it matter if it never happened? Does it matter if it's true? For them, the fact that they feel that way is enough for the helper to believe that is their experience. I wholeheartedly believe that ultimately relativism does not work. So that I can agree with Doug Wilson. Relativism ultimately does not work. Because yes, some things are relative in the world, like the kind of pizza that I like is different from the kind of pizza that you may like, and that's relative to us, but ultimate relativism, absolute relativism does not work, because when it comes to ethics and morality and truth, the Bible is clear that there is black and white. There is ultimate truth, and his name is Jesus. Sometimes when I speak to atheists, and they say that they absolutely believe that there is no objective truth out there, but the, their statement itself betrays what they're proposing to believe, right? So there is ultimate truth, and his name is Jesus. Whatever Jesus said is right. He is king. He is Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. I love that verse in John fourteen six. So yes, I believe there is clear right and wrong. I believe that relativism ultimately does not work. Doug Wilson continues and says that sympathy is coming alongside people in their pain, but you never forget your allegiance to Christ. Your identity is rooted in Christ and not in the person that you're trying to help. Empathy is headlong, all in with a person being helped, according to Doug Wilson. Empathy is losing yourself in the grief of others. Empathy is allowing someone else to be in the driver's seat of your emotions. Empathy, according to Doug Wilson, abandons God for the sake of the person who is hurting. By the way, you can watch this show on YouTube. Just type in The Sin of Empathy with Doug Wilson and Joe Rigney. It is actually quite engaging and worth a watch, and I watched all one hour and seven minutes of it. So a little of my thoughts, if that is what empathy is, then yes, clearly empathy is sin. If empathy is losing yourself, if empathy is in fact losing the truth of God in order to help a person in need, if empathy is entertaining someone's delusions or hallucinations about their victimhood, if another person is in your driver's seat of your emotions, if empathy is about catering to a hurting person and adapting to a person's immaturity and losing your identity in order to help, if empathy is abandoning God for the sake of the person hurting, then yes, absolutely empathy is a sin. If empathy is losing your identity into someone's experience without maintaining and keeping a grasp of the truth of Scripture, we run into the possibility of falling into whatever entanglement that person is involved with. So yes, if that is what empathy is, then I agree, empathy is a sin because we need to maintain solid emotional and spiritual boundaries when we help others in need so that it doesn't turn into the blind leading the blind kind of scenario. You know, when you employ empathy, we must be guarded and careful not to validate the other person's sin. I spoke on this on the previous episode about setting up healthy boundaries. If you have not heard that yet, I encourage you to go and listen. Because when someone comes to us for help, 
they may be in the right or they may be in the wrong or they, there may be a mix of two. So setting up healthy boundaries mean that if they are in sin, that they're, they're not always in sin, but if they are, showing tough love is the best way to help that person grow. Or if they're missing a mark somewhere, maybe they haven't sinned, but they, there's a misunderstanding. Helping them to grow through that is your responsibility as the helper. So when you employ empathy, you listen, seek to understand where that person is coming from, but you don't get lost in that person's delusions or sin. What Doug Wilson and Joe Rigney is presenting sounds to me like an extreme form of empathy or what empathy looks like untethered from the truth. Jumping into a person's issues and problems without God's wisdom and losing contact with objective truth sounds like an extreme example of empathy. Clearly, as a Christian helper, one must maintain their sense of God's word and the truth of the gospel that sets us free. Let's say, for example, that your child or family member comes to you and needs your help. You sit down with them, and after hearing their story, you feel uncertain that they're telling you the whole truth. Or it may be clear to you that they are the one that did the wrong. What do you do? You can choose to employ empathy, step into their field of vision in order to help. You can step into their lens to understand how they got to where they are. You may even feel just a little bit of what it must have been like for them, but you must stay connected with who you know to be true and what you know to be true. You must stay grounded in the Word of God to call this person out from their wrong, out from their sin. Yes, you may be able to understand how they got where they are, but use that to call them out from where they are and don't excuse their sin. If you do this, what is the result? In one sense, the person feels heard. They feel understood. They feel cared for. But they are also held accountable. They're disciplined. They're loved. And sometimes tough love is the answer. So this is my opinion of what empathy looks like when used correctly, when it is not untethered to the truth of God. What good would it be to understand where someone is coming from, but to stand idle when that person is in sin? What good would it be if all we do is see things from that person's lens, but we let them stay there? Let me give, in my opinion, what is the best example of empathy. I see this in the gospel story. For God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. You know this verse. But what is interesting about that verse is that Jesus came into our field of vision. He saw things from our lens. He stepped into our shoes. He lived 33 years of life on this earth only to die a criminal's death on the cross. He loved the lowly. He loved the powerless. He invited sinners to come along and hang out with them, and they laughed together. They cried together. They traveled together. They broke bread together. From all around the world, sinners flocked to be near Jesus. However, he remained without sin. 
Jesus was sinless, and he called sin for what it was. He never made excuses for sin. He held people accountable. Remember, he flipped tables. He called prideful people brutal vipers. So Jesus stepping into our story, stepping into our shoes, and walking this journey of humanity, in my opinion, was the ultimate example of empathy. Truly, he is our model that empathy does not have to involve relativism. Empathy does not have to take us away from truth. Empathy employed correctly and properly and wisely can be incredibly loving and life-changing. Perhaps empathy should not be employed so often. Perhaps we must hone in our skill and use empathy properly and wisely. What if we choose to employ sympathy more often and regularly when we help others? What if sympathy is our default tool we use and when necessary and given the right circumstances, we employ empathy? Empathy that is tethered to God's word. Empathy that is rooted in the gospel. Empathy that calls us out of sin. Empathy that holds people accountable. Empathy that is the servant of Jesus. I think what I've learned mostly from my research for this episode is that empathy can be used for good, but empathy also can be used for bad. And it is up to us as a responsible Christian to employ empathy correctly. I'm honestly grateful for men like Doug Wilson, who challenges the church to evaluate and grow from unhealthy and worldly words and ideas. I think he's a great Christian teacher. But I I, I disagree with him on this one. So as a chaplain and as a pastor myself, I feel that I'm better equipped now to engage those who are hurting. And when I help them, I will be more cautious about employing empathy and default to using sympathy more often. I hope that that's what you got out of it too. I would love to know what your thoughts are. Because this isn't just for chaplains and pastors. It's for all Christians. This, This applies to us all, doesn't it? doesn't just apply to chaplains or pastors. It applies to husbands and wives. It applies to parents and family members. When we help others, we must grow wise in our use of these wonderful tools called sympathy and empathy. Use empathy generously. Use sympathy generously. Use empathy in a more controlled and reserved manner, but definitely use it. Grow your empathic skills. Use it because it is loving to seek understanding from others from their perspective. Use it because it is healthy to see things from the lens of the person needing help. But do not embrace absolute relativism. Do not lose your identity and let the person in need of help dictate how you feel. Do not cower away from holding God's people accountable. Speak the truth. Speak it lovingly. Speak it wisely. And love others like Christ loved us. What do you think about tonight's topic? Was it something new to you or have you had some significant experience with this? I would love to hear from you and learn from you. My email is eveningthoughts at hotmail.com. Please reach out to me through that email or even Instagram. I welcome your thoughts and opinions, even if they're different from my own. In fact, that is what makes this so good. I learn from you as well. Well, that is it for me this evening. Thank you again for joining me and listening. And as always, take care of yourself and peace and blessings. Good night.